if what you're doing right now, it's not working, give this a try. Give it a try for a couple of weeks. Know that sometimes you do feel like you're not doing enough, but God, it works. <laughs> it works. Welcome to episode 51 of the CPA Exam Experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's interview, you're going to hear me talk with Coral. Coral is one of our customers, and she is now a CPA, and she just has a rather incredible story to share that you're going to hear about her experience with studying for and taking and passing her CPA exams. So her story spans several years. I won't get into the specifics, but I guess I would just say do not skip this episode. You'll find it very inspiring, but of course, we also touch on all parts of the CPA study process like we do in every episode. So there are just a lot of tips and insights you can gain from listening to her experience and her story as to how she figured out how to pass her CPA exams. I think the big picture idea of this episode and you know many of the episodes that we've done is just the huge, huge difference that getting your study process really nailed down and making sure you have a highly effective study process that you know is working, just the incredible difference that can make. Because there are so many people out there, they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to just study harder, work harder, put in more time. And of course, no matter what your study methods are, you need to be putting in the time every day. Again, there is just such a huge difference specifically in the results you end up getting on test day between someone who is just kind of throwing time at this issue, just thinking that the solution to higher score is simply the amount of time and effort put in. And that is not necessarily the case. It is much more a function of making sure that your studying is really paying off, that you are understanding things and that you're retaining the things that you're spending time learning in the first place. So Coral's story is a direct illustration of that fact. And on that note, I also want to mention our free one-hour trainings. Now, Coral, as well as pretty much every other interviewee on the podcast, their first main exposure to Superfast CPA and our study methods was our free one-hour training where we walk through what a day of studying should look like. More specifically, what each study session should look like. So we teach you the perfect two-hour study session so that the idea is on weekdays, you only need to spend two hours with your main review course. So you can apply these strategies to any review course. It doesn't matter what review course you're using. And the big claim with this training is that this is one hour that will literally save you months and months of time and frustration. And at this point, we've published many episodes, these interviews, where that is directly the case. So to sign up for one of these free trainings, Go to our main site at superfastcpa.com. It's the main thing at the top of the homepage. Just click on it. You will see the upcoming times. Choose a time that works for you and then do not miss it. It will be that valuable. It will likely change the course of your study process, which it has for all of our customers. So the other thing you can do is just text the word pass now as one word to the number 44222 and we will send you back a link to sign up for the training. So with that being said, let's get into this interview with Coral. Do you work in audit or tax? Audit. Nice. A lot of that, like you do have to show up at the place. 
I don't know how firms did that trying to do strictly virtual doing audits, but it's probably a huge pain. Yeah. So at first, the clients that we were servicing were not local. So they were already Mm -hmm. remote audits for the most part. And then the 401k audits, the firm has made a good point that these audits are not worth time just driving to the client because it's time wasted, especially when these audits are just like, you do one, you kind of do them all. Um, So we have all these resources where they can upload the information securely and we just plow through the information and just provide them a report, obviously with all the things that go with that. And then, yeah, then after 10, 15, we were back in the office and the clients, most of my clients have been, you know, we want you here. Yeah. So we, we take them security measurements, like we wear our masks. They sometimes make a good job of, of socially distancing us, but for the most part, we're the auditors. They don't really like us. Right. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I worked in audit and we did a bunch of like machinery sales companies and We'd get put out in like trailers, clear out in the backyard. I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, your email was one of my favorite ones I've ever got. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Have you heard any of these other podcasts? Do you kind of know how these go? I have. Yeah, I've heard the last couple of ones. I can't remember the names. I'm terrible with the names, but there was a mom yeah. there talking. And I know that you identified the. there's people that want to hear from moms that did it. Her kids are older, so it might have been easier or harder for her. Yeah. I just, I thankfully have the support of my husband and and I knew that it was a sacrifice that I needed to make. And yeah, my story is quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't wait to hear it. So you have one kid, right? Is that what you said? Yeah. I have a, a now three-year-old. Yeah. So we have a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Pretty sure she just had her birthday. <laughs> But yes, yeah, that other podcast where she had older kids that were in school, that is a huge hassle doing the online thing. But then again, kids below like five, they have to be dealt with every second. So it's a totally different thing. Yeah. And they don't understand like mommy needs her time right now. Yeah. Go play with daddy or I'm sorry, mommy has to go to the office to study. But You know, one of the things that I remember just thinking, and it makes me emotional while I was studying, it's just one day I'll just wake up and know that I don't have to study ever again. Yeah, I don't have to do this ever again. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Having a license is great and being recognized for it. I know that I'm more marketable. I know that I'm more appreciated in a sense. Yeah. But just the not having to study and just wake up on a Saturday morning and say, if I don't have to work, I can do whatever I want yep. with my family. That's the greatest thing to me. Yeah. No, it's true. Like Everyone knows the benefits of the CPA, but when you're in the study process, it quickly becomes the only thing you care about is just getting done with it. Yeah. You know, the extra million you'll earn over your whole career. That's just kind of like, just doesn't even compare it to just wanting to just be done with it. Not at all. Yeah, I agree. And when we get into my story, I did defer this a lot because I graduated back in 2010 and I started in public accounting right away. I started Mm -hmm. in a small local firm. Nobody was motivated to take the exam. Yeah. There's this lack of motivation. You know, only the managers and above were managers and everyone else was just like treating it like getting to five with extra hours on the side. I graduated from the University of Puerto Rico. So I moved to Florida almost six years ago and I started working at a top 10 firm. 
And that was a game changer. Like my experience with the local firm did not prepare me yeah. for working in a top 10 environment. So then I started there and, you know, I noticed that the seniors, I started as a senior. So the seniors were not motivated to get the exam. It was not until like the interns were getting, we were getting interns that were licensed already. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a minute, the associates are getting it. Interns are getting it. What's wrong with us? So that's what like all of a sudden, all the seniors started studying for the CPA exam. But I got motivated, but I couldn't stay motivated. Yeah. Because the firm fully paid for the review. And I just remember just, I'm a morning person. And that's something that I just stumbled and I'm all over the place. One day I was on YouTube, I stumbled upon your one of your ads and it was like, mm-hmm. let's try it this way and you can get it super fast. And I'm like, well, he, you could get it super fast. I can't even, <laughs> I passed one part and I just lose my motivation. And it was because of the process. Yeah, I cannot watch a video for four hours. I cannot highlight and I'm not comprehending anything that I'm highlighting. And by that time, I'm just playing catch up because every time that I got motivated, I had a schedule. I had my calendar on Excel. And I was like, if I can study four hours a day, that I can do videos, then the next day I can do review, and the next day I can do the multiple choices, but then something would have happened and I didn't need that four hours. I could study for two hours. So the next day it's like six hours and it kept piling and piling and piling. Yeah. And at some point you just lose scraps. You can't, it's undoable. Mm-hmm. So I saw it and I was like, you know, what do I have to lose? And man, I still remember those words. I just wake up in the morning, take your favorite dose of caffeine and just do it. You don't have to think about it anymore. And it just clicked. It was the way that kept me motivated throughout. And it was crazy because going back to where I first started studying in 2017, I passed audit. I started with audit thinking, you know, let me get motivated. I know that I can pass audit. So I passed audit and I moved on to BEC and BEC was terrible for me. Mm-hmm. None of the chapters relate to one another. It was your whole bachelor's degree into one exam. And it's insane. And, and I found that frustrating that people would say, oh, BEC is the easiest one. Why are you worried about BEC? I think it used to be. It's quite different now. Yeah. And I was like, no, because I'm learning about economics. I'm not learning, relearning these things that I unfortunately don't use every day. Like I don't sit on a computer and just now I do after the CPA exam, (laughs) I understand all these things, all these economic things. And I don't do managerial. That was just the one class I took in college. And that was it. I didn't have to think about it again because I knew that I wasn't going to work in M&D or in the industry. I knew that I wanted to be a public accountant and it was so hard. And at that point in time, I gave up. Then we got pregnant with Oliver And my husband was like, listen, I know that you've been struggling with this exam. You just put yourself in a situation where it's now or never. And I'm like, no, 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 it's now. So I started studying while I was pregnant and I had the worst case of pregnancy brain, foggy brain. I would go to the client and forget my computer at home. (laughs) Like my bosses weren't happy with me. Yeah, It was a bad time. And I fell in a very deep depression while I was pregnant because I knew I had a commitment to public accounting, which is a serious commitment. I also had to commit to the CPA exam because there's no future if I don't get licensed. And I was pregnant and I wanted to enjoy my pregnancy. Right. So I felt like at that point in time, my life started crumbling down. I wasn't performing well at my work. 
I was still getting home with the hopes of studying while I was super tired and super pregnant. And I started going to therapy for it. And my therapist was like, you, you need compartmentalize. So your work, you study, you live. If you can't do all of them, then you just have to give up on one. Mm-hmm. I need to work and I cannot not be pregnant. So I gave up on the exam. It was not until everyone else that got their CPA license started getting promoted and I started getting behind that I was like, you know, it's not about me anymore. It's not about what I want to do. I have a son now. I have a family. Like if I don't get ahead, then we're not going to get ahead. So I stumbled upon your video. I printed your roadmap. I got the materials. I read through the notes and I was like, you know, this is the way to go. At that point in time, time has passed. So my, my CPA review had expired. Mm. And when I started, when I sat for the exam in Florida, I was sitting towards a license in Puerto Rico, which my employer said, no, you cannot call yourself a CPA in Florida if you're not licensed in Florida. So I'm like, okay, well, let me see what I need to get licensed in Florida. Florida is one of the most difficult states to get licensed in. Because there's so many requirements. Yes, it's a two-tier state. You can sit after you have your 150. All these other requirements, all these other classes that they, that state didn't convalidate, convalidate. They were like, you know, we don't think you took those classes. Mm. So I had 11 credits on top of everything to get licensed. Oh, man. Yeah. I honestly, like, my husband just kept saying, you know, I believe in you. But if you need to quit, you don't have to be a public accountant to be happy. And certainly you can do other things. And I'm like, I've been obsessing with this for so long and obsessing in a way where like, you know, obsessing and not sitting down and doing anything about it. It's just obsessing about the fact that I wasn't. Yeah. I know how that goes. Yeah. It was not productive for me. It really had a big toll on my mental health. So one day I just woke up and I'm like, this needs to be done, whether I like it or not needs to be done. So I have 11 credits that I need to take. Four exams that I need to take while keeping a job. I sat down with my manager and partner one day and I was like, listen, this is my plan. I'm going to pass the exam in a year. I'm going to get my credits while I pass the exam. I'm going to commit to you that my work is going to be great because I want to get promoted come November 1st. That's the cutoff for promotions at the firm that I was. And they're like, you can't do that. You're just going to drive yourself crazy. You're not going to be able to do it all. And I'm like, no, no, no. Listen, I found this way. Like, (laughs) I don't need your time. I just need to wake up early in the morning, do what I need to do. And then I'm all yours for the rest of the day. And I can get this done. I can go to school, back to school online, get the credits done. I just needed them to believe in me. And whether they had well, whether their intent was positive or ill, they're like, there's no point in doing that. You're, it's impossible. Like I, you have a, at that point, he was one years old. You have a one-year-old at home. You're working these crazy hours. You think you can pass the CPA exam. I don't know. I just had a feeling. So I started studying with audit and I started with your methodology. But with audit, I don't think it was very helpful because I'm an auditor. Like, I don't think my study process had anything to do with me passing audit because... Mm-hmm. I'm an auditor. Yeah. And then after I passed audit and after that 1015 deadline, because we, I used to do a lot of 401k audits, I quit that firm. I told my husband, he's like, with all the things I put through you through your pregnancy and now this, they, they don't believe in you. 
You need to work somewhere where people believe in you. And I started working at a smaller firm and I passed audit, quit, started studying for BEC using our methodology. I just bypassed the books, bypassed the videos. I went straight to the multiple choices. I used to like, I remember just sitting at Starbucks waiting for my coffee order and just going through like the app and just doing like five multiple choices. And I never dreaded it. Mm -hmm. I never was like that feeling that I got to get home and I got to study. It was so easy to integrate into my routine. I would wake up in the morning and thankfully, I think quarantine helped because I would just come downstairs and study. Mm -hmm. I would wake up in the morning, made myself a cup of coffee, sat down. The first thing that I did was I printed out all the multiple choices and all the simulations and all of every module of every chapter. Once I had it set up, I'm like, this chapter has 600 multiple choices or this part far has 2000 multiple choices. I'm going to set realistic expectations. So what can I do within those two hours in the morning? I can work on 60 multiple choices, 60 new multiple choices and do the 30 cumulative. Yeah. And that was a game changer because it also helped on the exam with time management because I was yeah. going through these multiple choices going because you're never going to get the multiple choices you, you study for. Right. But they're similar. Mm-hmm. And once you become familiar with the concept, and it was so easy to grasp the concept. Once I got it wrong, I read why I got it wrong. And the ones that I knew I was guessing, I read why I got it right and just wrote it down. And at nighttime, I would take those flashcards and just write them again on college ruled paper because by writing is apparently how I learn. Mm-hmm. And it was not a process that I, I just, it, it blended so well with my routine. I would just wake up, do it, work, finish working and gave my son a bath, put him to sleep and just sit down next to my husband watching TV. So I was having that quality time with him as well. Yeah. But I was just writing my notes, writing my notes. And I would give him the flashcards and he would ask me and we would just pile the path. This one's, you know, this one's, you don't. I passed BEC and I took it January 2nd, 2020. I found out that I passed. I took it in the first day of the window. So I, I waited a little while for my results. By the time I got my results, I was already studying for a reg. I got an 86 on BEC. Nice. <laughs> the first time that I took it, you sing the methodology of just like for reading everything highlighting this and that i got a 50 something it was embarrassing i think that's what you get for putting your name in that's what you get for showing up <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> an 86 that was the same score i got for audit i'm like this worked this really worked and then reg i have zero experience with taxes not only my degrees from the university of puerto rico where we don't pay federal taxes like we do in the States. So the federal tax class I didn't take because I didn't think I needed it. Mm -hmm. I took local taxes. So stepping into the situation when I'm studying for reg was my first experience with taxes. And it just, I learned so much. I thought I learned so much doing what you recommended that I did. And I got an 81 on reg. And I remember my boss was like, you're studying too hard for these exams with those scores. (laughs) feel like I don't study enough. One thing that I do recommend for mothers studying for the CPA exam is there's a Facebook group for mothers. And 
you hear these stories about these mothers that are just doing everything they can in their power to pass this exam. And they all come from different walks of life. You have cancer survivors, you have parents with kids with special needs. And that community really helped me. And I remember just reading how these ladies just study for their exams. And I'm like, I'm not making those sacrifices. The sacrifice that I'm making is waking up early, Monday through Friday, going to the library or going to the office on Saturdays to get like a full four or five hours. I even took Sundays off because I knew that I needed that balance. Mm -hmm. So on Sundays, I would just be with my family. Obviously, it's in the back of my head. So I would just read the notes that I've written just to keep fresh and then just do it again the next week. And I remember when I left Reg that I left Reg and the lady was like, okay, well, have a good day. And I'm like, pretty sure I'll see you in a couple of weeks. She's like, don't (laughs) say that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't know. So I live in the Orlando area and I took Reg in Daytona. That's like an hour and a half drive. I cried all the way back to Orlando. I just felt so defeated by this exam. And I just like was obsessing about it. I obsessed about it for a couple of weeks and then I got my 81 and I'm like, okay, this is the point of no return here. 75% done. I just need to get too far, which I don't know why I left it for the last one. So I took reg February 22nd and then the pandemic hit and it was like, so should I study? Should I not? It's busy season and it's a weird one. I read stories about like people showing up to their exam and the exam place being shut down that day with no notice. I'm like, I am not strong enough to take that mental toll. So I waited a little bit until like things, at least in Florida, started getting back to normal. And I scheduled my exam and I just started studying using your methodology. And I'm like, this is not bad at all like people just put far on a pedestal like why is it so bad it's really not at least for me mm-hmm. and i remember just thinking it's not bad it's not bad until i got to debt and it was bad and i knew that that was a section that was the only time throughout my study process using your methodology that i watched the lectures and read the book because i like i needed that extra assistance with debt mm-hmm. i think it's because once you you work in audit for so long, you kind of like lose grasp of these like core principles because they're not necessarily applied in real life. Yeah. Like my clients recognize that in their principle, they don't necessarily use any amortizing or special methodology to recognize that in their financials. So that was definitely a section that I knew that I needed more help on. And I think I studied seven weeks for far. One of the things that really kind of gave me anxiety throughout the process was just logging into my review and seeing you're behind on your studies plan because I was not watching the lectures. I was not doing what they wanted me to do. And those alerts really got, they really made me anxious and I just learned to ignore them. And towards the end of studying for FAR, just like everything hit me. Like it was Less than a year from when I had that conversation with my partner and my manager that told me, don't do it. I'm like, I'm so close to doing it. In the meantime, while I was taking reg and while the pandemic, I took all the credits that I needed online from my local community college. And then they didn't have upper division accounting. So I took it from online from one of the local state universities and it made me feel very insecure. I'm like, I'm on the verge of getting this done. 
I'm on the verge of doing what I was told last year to not do that I couldn't do. Yeah. And it made me very emotional. So I remember showing up for far. And when I was going through it, I'm like, is this a joke? <laughs> like I wasn't expecting what I got. It was very high level. It was not very detailed. I finished an hour early because I mean, with all the multiple choices that you do, that you recommend we do, we do get very efficient with them. So I would open yeah. a test lid and I would identify the ones that I would know. This one, I need to think about it. I will flag it. Get, and then I would end up with 10 that I flagged. And I'm like, okay, those I'm going to dedicate time to. And then the simulations, the simulations are more similar to the ones that you study for. I remember leaving far, sitting in my car and just being like, I know I gave it my all. I have this weird sense of confidence right now that I never had leaving any exam. I remember yeah. going on the Facebook groups. I'm like, when you feel you fail, you pass. That's what they say, right? When you cry your heart out and you feel like, oh my God, I failed this exam. That's what you get. So what do I feel? What would I get if I feel extremely confident about it? It's weird. Fail it far as the one with the, with the lowest passing rate, far as the one that, everyone dreads is the longest why do i feel this sense of confidence lo and behold i got a 91 on far <laughs> my best score the one that i applied your method to the t the one that made me more emotional towards the end of studying i even thought that i was self-sabotaging myself i was like why do i i'm wasting this time just crying over this exam when i just should embrace that i'm almost done it was kind of like letting this demon out of my body, yeah. you know? It's like, it's I'm almost getting rid of this thing that I've been obsessing about for so long that it has been taking a toll that is preventing me from spending time with my family. It's preventing me from going moving forward in my career. And I mean, not because I'm talking to you, but I'm so thankful for stumbling upon your ad, watching your webinar, purchasing your materials, you were there in rush hour, your voice explaining to me how, <laughs> how the variance analysis work. And whenever I talk to someone like the younger folks and the, the, the studying moms, I'm like, this is the way to go. I understand that people have different ways to get to study and to understand things. But man, if this is your way, this is the way. <laughs> because honestly, like if I were to just keep on the Becker recommended plan, I would probably just be highlighting. Yeah. I'm a CPA and it's so crazy. It's so crazy <laughs> that I am because it was, it made me so insecure. I remember just asking my coworkers, do you think I'll ever be a CPA? And they're like, well, you just have to do it. Right. And I didn't understand that. Just have to do what? Sit down, hear the, the four hour lecture, move on to the module. Do that's so boring. I understand it's so important, but it's so boring. I need something to keep me motivated, you know? So I created this Excel spreadsheet where I just knew what modules I was going to do each day. And I would just write down my score on my cumulative review that day. And that was motivation itself. Yeah. Like I did better this day. I'm doing better that way. And then, you know, you start with this thick pack of flashcards and you just see them just slowly getting smaller because you're understanding these because the writing it out or writing it down explaining it to yourself like i would i don't know if there's security cameras at my firm 
But if they are, they would probably see some crazy stuff. I would literally just, when I didn't understand something, I would literally explain it to myself out loud in Spanish. So they they probably thought that I was just praying or something. No, (laughs) explaining it to myself so that I I could understand what was going on. Um, I kind of like picture myself being a professor and just explaining it to myself, myself Mm -hmm. being the professor and the students. I would write things down in a, in a whiteboard and I'm like, okay, this I understood. Now let's move on. I honestly don't know what I would have done if I wouldn't found your methodology because it works. That's awesome. And every time that the firm starts rolling out, like, hello, let's meet with everyone that's not a CPA. And let's, I'm like, listen, get the review, whatever review the firm is going to get, help you get, but you need to watch this webinar. Even if they don't purchase your materials, Mm -hmm. you need to watch it because you put things in context and it's like, you don't necessarily have to get the exam in three months. You can, I certainly could if I, if it wasn't for the pandemic, but it just clicks. And, you know, I've heard people along the way, along my years of obsessing about this exam, oh, you just have to do the multiple choices, but how, how can I learn doing multiple choices? No, you just have to plot through them, just do millions and millions of multiple choices. But I don't understand how doing a multiple choice I'm going to learn until you're like, okay, you're not memorizing the multiple choices. That's not the idea of your methodology. The idea is you become familiar with how you test. You sit down, you're honest with yourself. If you got one right and you're not sure, don't fool yourself into thinking you know what you're doing. Take the time to understand why you got it right. Mm-hmm. If you were in between two, like you discarded two two options and you were in between the other two, just read, like understand why you thought one could have been and the other one was. Understand that once you read, understand and write repetition and just integrate it with your routine, I think it it becomes part of your routine. You don't dread it. You know that you go to bed at 10 p.m. And I remember when I was studying for FAR, my husband is a huge Tampa Bay Rays fan and they were in the World Series at that point. And I knew that that was a sacrifice. Like, I can't stay and watch the game with you. I have to go sleep because I have to wake up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I still, I feel like by taking Sundays off, which you don't recommend, <laughs> by taking that day off for myself and for my family, it made the week easier to just make those sacrifices. And knowing that it was working, yeah. it was not like something that I was doing to get fail after fail after fail. I mean, it worked. <laughs> That's an awesome story. Yeah. I've had a few emails with not the in depth because it wasn't an interview, but like this, the CPA turned into like a very, like really like a dark thing. And they'll be like, yeah, I'm so grateful for your methods because it just, it made it like simple. And then mm-hmm. I could finally make progress instead of feeling like I was always spinning my wheels. So I'm so glad that it could help that much. And, uh, yeah, congrats on being done. And that's a huge accomplishment. All you did in that, well, it sounds like less than a year, really. Finishing your 11 credits, having a one-year-old, or I guess by then, maybe two or something. Two. Yeah. May I? That's a crazy story. Thank you. And I look back at it and I lived through it and it didn't feel like that huge of a sacrifice because I found a way to make it bearable. I found a way to make it entertaining. Like, just writing down the scores just kept me motivated. And, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just knowing that if I do this from 
5.30 to 7.30, that's it. Yeah. Like I can, I can review throughout the day, but it's not that pen and gloom. Like, oh my God, the clock is going to hit six and now I have to study from six to 10 Yeah. and go home to my sleeping son and my sleeping husband and do this again the next day because that's the sacrifice that I have to make. And, you know, I, I hear people saying like, oh, you lose your social life while you're studying for the CPA exam. People deleting social media because they're studying for the CPA exam. And there was no need for it because I had compartmentalized my day where this is a time that I'm not looking at my phone. This is a time that I'm studying. Mm-hmm. This is a time that I'm working. few minutes that I get for fun. And then I just review again. And I managed a way to incorporate that quality time with my husband while studying. And that was that review time where I would just watch whatever he was watching. And I was just writing next to him, commercial break, let's go through these flashcards. And I mean, I just, I felt like I was meeting my social commitments Yeah. and not necessarily social, like my family commitments. Like my son doesn't understand, but one day I'll tell him like, when you were a, a tiny wee baby, I used to leave and study for a day and hopefully that motivates him because he'll be able to see the fruits of my labor Yeah. when I'm going to be able to take him on a trip because I made manager because I'm a CPA. Mm-hmm. I mean, God knows that I can make partner in 10 and 15 years and those are the fruits of my labor and I get to provide that life for him because I made those sacrifices. Yeah. And I recommend if any moms are listening or any parents, just find that support group. And for me, that Facebook group was gold. They just knowing that people were going through the same things or even worse and just spreading the word for your program. Just like, what do I do? I have three kids and they don't let me study. I would just reply, super fast CPA. (laughs) Just do it, do it. And to the younger folks that don't have kids, Get it as fast as you can because you're going to dread this. You're going to make this your omen, your demon for like so long. And it's just going to take you to a dark place. Like just know that it is important. It is important that you get licensed. There's so many schools of thought when it comes to becoming licensed. Some CPAs think that's the greatest thing you can do. Just get licensed. That's the baseline. That's the minimum you can do. If you're going to be in this industry, Mm -hmm. the minimum you can do is get licensed. So whether your school of thought is this is the greatest accomplishment in my career or this is just baseline, just get it done. Find a way, give this a try and get it done. And if you already started, at least try it for FAR. And I do have some thoughts on FAR being the the lowest passing rate. I think a lot of people start with FAR because they want to get it out of the way and they're not familiar with the exam. They're not familiar with the studying process. Yeah. So if you identify that this is the way to go, then just stick to it. Don't try to dread it. As soon as it becomes part of your routine, it's just second nature to you. And you'll be able to get it done because it's like my husband used to tell me every day, it's just an exam. It's not a judgment on your life choices. It doesn't test your smarts. It does not. It tastes your perseverance. Yeah. It tastes how... You're disciplined and a way, a great way to create discipline is just by doing things that you don't dread. And I think your methodology, at least for myself, I didn't dread and I made it part of my life. And sometimes I do miss it. (laughs) I I do feel empty. Like I remember when I got the passing score in my license, I'm like, so what next? Like, 
I know that I don't want to study, but this wasn't this bad. Maybe I can get a CFE. Maybe, I don't know. I feel like right now I'm in a position where I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Because I got this done. Well, you know, how you described as you kept going, I guess maybe you can't see my hands, but it felt like the study process was almost becoming easy. And like you got to far and you were kind of like, you know, why does it feel like easier than what I thought this was going to be? Yeah. That's just really is what happens when you really figure out the study process. Mm-hmm. You could really break down any topic in that way or any exam. And then how excited was your husband when you started passing these exams? Oh my God. <laughs> he used to be the one to tell me the score. Oh, okay. And it makes me emotional because I remember for far when I got the score. I was not at home. And that was like one weird day where you know how they always are like, you follow NASBA tweets that day yeah. and you get so many notifications because they decide to tweet about everything before score release. So I remember getting a, an exam that was like, scores are going to be released tonight, like at six, seven, Tennessee time. So seven our time. And I was like, well, that's usually an hour earlier. And I went and picked up my son from school, from daycare. And my phone got a notification from NASPA that was like far scores are out and I'm not home. And I called my husband and I'm like, go to my computer. There's a post-it on my monitor that has my username and password for NASPA. I'm like, go to my computer and tell me. And he said that he had something planned when I passed far, because even though I felt super confident when I left far, that made me feel very insecure because I was trained to think that I should not feel confident when I leave the exam. And he was like, you know, I believe in you. I know that this is going to be your best score. And I'm like, this is going to be a success, 76 at best. <laughs> like, this is going to be just the passing. Like, honestly, like, I felt like I aced it when I left. And I'm like, that's not how you feel when you leave the exam. So I'm like, this is 76 at best. And I'm like, username and password, are you in? And he's like, yes. And he just silent. And I'm like shaking in the car. I'm like, I need to know, like, God, what do I do? Do I stop the car? 91. And I was like, no, no way. Like he had bought a bottle of champagne and left it in the, in the freezer, in the refrigerator, just waiting for this day. Mm-hmm. And when I got home, he had the champagne. He was like, you know, I really want it. And he didn't want that scenario to play that way. He wanted to do something big for when I found the score. He wanted to yeah. play a song, like I have the tiger kind of thing. <laughs> or, <laughs> or celebrate good times. And even though it didn't happen and he, he had planned, I was just so emotional that day. I was like, hit me like a ton of breaks. Like, I don't have to think about this anymore. I don't have to. Like that feeling in itself. That's the best feeling, just knowing yeah. that you don't have to, you can burn those books, right? You don't have to keep anything. Like you get your license and that's done. It's over. Like, man, I was obsessing for a long time. Mm-hmm. And that was just a huge relief. And just talking to you like brings me back those feelings. It makes me emotional. But at the same time, there's not a lot of times where I could just say, I'm very proud of myself. And God, I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, you should be. I'm very proud of myself and just knowing that the sky's the limit. And and you can tell that people in public accounting, especially clients, treat you so much different once they see those letters on your email signature. Mm -hmm. They trust you more. It's like 
she knows what she's talking about. She's a CPA. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, don't trust me that much. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it is big, whether you approach it, like I said, baseline for what we do every day in public accounting or the greatest accomplishment in your career, it is huge. Don't undermine it, but at the same time, don't put it up in a pedestal because it's only it's doing a disservice to you, to you as a student studying for it. It is just an exam, but it is a very important exam. Yeah. So my approach would be just treating it as an exam. And then once you're done, it's like the greatest thing ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we kind of touched on everything that I normally ask. So I'm assuming you like listen to the audios as well. So besides the two hours in the morning, you would use like the app throughout the day, like the mini sessions idea. Yeah. The mini sessions I did every time I felt this need to check on Instagram, I was like, I put it next to Instagram and I'm like, you can go the good way or the bad way. And and I (laughs) defaulted to, it's like the bad guy and the good guy defaulted Mm -hmm. to yours because I'm like, Instagram is not going to get me anywhere. And then before quarantine, I used to listen to the audio on the car. Oh yeah. Cool. So yeah, once quarantine started, it was easier for me to blend the time, like study time just merged into work time because I was just sitting here in my office, just in front of my computer. But in the car, I just, I'm like, you know what? I can go and listen to whatever podcast I can, or I can just, this is productive time. This is time that it like, you don't think about it because sometimes you're just stuck in traffic and you're thinking about so many things, but what you're listening to has a way to sting in your subconscious. And you're like, wow, I remember that from that time that I was sitting in the car and I, I thought I wasn't even paying attention. Mm-hmm. That wasn't just an autopilot. So I used that. And then your notes, I rewrote. Wow. But I mean, that's the thing is all that exposure does add up. Yeah. Obviously, that's what I'm constantly preaching to people is you have this stupid thing you carry around. No matter how busy you are, you look at this thing for three to four hours a day. Mm -hmm. It's like while you're trying to pass these, you're putting in money, like basically your undergraduate and your master's degree or whatever, the the extra credits, you only did that for the opportunity to take this exam. Like you might as well be doing anything you could possibly do to just yeah, make sure you pass. Right. And I think this profession that we chose is very unique in a way that whether your state requires you get a license, a master's degree or 150 credits, it's one of the few professions that you can graduate from college and get a good paying job. And once you get this license that you don't have to take again, like you just have to keep your CBE active based on your state's requirements. It is so high demand. I feel like we were deemed an essential worker last year. Mm -hmm. Like people needed their financial. And I hear horror stories from other industries that were severely affected by the pandemic and the lockdowns and the economic downfall that came with it. And I'm like, my friends and my core group of colleagues, we all kept our jobs. Some of us saw like a decrease in our pay that was temporary, but, and you can go on LinkedIn or you can go on Indeed and you'll see a high demand for CPAs and accountants. So, and it's easier to say it because now I have the license, but it's such an entry level. You can be so successful as an entry level person in this industry that you have to go that extra mile and just take the exam because it not only opened so many doors, 
it gives you stability in your current job. And even if you lose your job, just being a CPA makes you more marketable. Yeah. Yeah. And there's opportunities for five accountants in this company. They're in, they have 10 candidates and five of them are CPAs outside of personalities and obviously culture. I think the CPAs have a better shot at getting this job than a non-CPA. So that's something to keep in mind. Like, again, whether you treat it like it's a baseline or it's the greatest thing you can do in your career, at least it's very important. Yeah, for sure. But while you're studying, it's just an exam. So I say this to the younger people that I work with. The biggest mistake you can make is putting this exam on a pedestal because it shouldn't rule your life. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't rule how you feel about it. It's just an exam. And if you don't pass, it's not the end of the world. You just get back and try again. It's not testing how smart you are. It's testing your discipline and how much you want it. Yeah. And it's all about figuring out the study process as soon as possible, because once that happens, it's just a matter of time. Whereas if you're just putting in time to this, a lot of people just, they don't really know any better because it's different than college. You have a professor kind of guiding you through the content. This is just, it's all there. You log into this review course and it's up to you to figure out how to deal with it all. Yeah. So there's a million ways you can make mistakes without knowing it and still put in 500 hours or put in less time and, you know, get the results because you're doing it correctly. You know, even if you don't think the, the multiple choice approach is the way to go, like that's not your study path and that's okay. But what I do recommend is that you assess your study process regularly. So you wait, you, I don't want to say wasted. You invested four hours in, in listening to a lecture and highlighting and reading the book. Do that cumulative review. Mm-hmm. See how that's working. Because if you just wait till the very end of the study plan to start practicing, you're going to forget everything yeah. or most of it. If you can identify, I've done this, this, and this sections, not sections with modules or whatever the CPA review you're using calls them. If the Becker or the Rogers or whatever study plan works for you, at least make that assessment. Is it working by doing the cumulative review? Because you can identify your weaknesses and you can also get familiar with how the exam works because the exam is going to be like 30 to 33 multiple choices in the testlet. So if my goal every day was to get 30 and 30 minutes, that helped me at the exam to get 30 and 35 minutes. And I had all the time in the world to figure out the simulations, which I didn't study a lot for simulations while I was studying. Because I trusted that the way that I understood the material via the multiple choices would translate in a simulation scenario. And being an experienced person, this is all, this is what us experienced people have an advantage in the exam. These simulations look like real life stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I remember in audit, I got a search for unrecorded liabilities and I'm like, as I'm not a senior, I review this. So it helped. And in far, I got scenarios where I've seen work papers like this. I've seen clients do this. I've done this for clients. Yeah. And the way that I just plowed through multiple choices helped me had two and a half hours to deal with simulations. Yeah. And if this is not your study path, at least take this with you. Do the cumulative review. Do it regularly. Do it once a day. Do it twice a day. Because there, you're not investing your time if you don't assess the return on that investment. Yeah, You're just wasting your time. And you're just getting yourself deeper and deeper in this hole where you're going to not assess it in a way that it's me. It's me. It's not the exam. It's not you. It's not the exam. It's how you're studying. 
Yeah. So you don't go and, and make investments in the markets without assessing, am I making money? And that's how you should approach this studying process is the time that I'm investing, time that I could be dedicating to myself, to my family, to whatever you want to dedicate that time to those two hours. Is that helpful? Is the four-hour approach that my CPA review dictates or, or recommends that I do, is that working? And the only way you find out is just facing it and just doing the multiple choices. Yeah. And if you see like some days, and I'm going to be honest, some days I got 50 in the multiple choices. Some days I got 100. Obviously, the days that I got 100 were perfect days. And the days that I got 50 were terrible days. But I never stopped doing it because even if I didn't feel secure about it or or confident about it, I was facing what I wasn't feeling confident about. It's like, I can't ignore it. There are certain things that you kind of know that they're not going to be heavily tested. You're kind of like, I'm going to move forward. I'll take this loss. Mm -hmm. But I'll focus on these other things that I need to. So I personally don't recommend that people start with FAR. I know that that's not a popular opinion, but get familiar with the exam, get familiar with what works with you. And once you figure out that you can pass apart doing this method or whatever method works for you, then you can assess how you want to move forward in the exam. But not because everyone is starting forth with FAR, you have to study with FAR. You have to start with FAR. Yeah. Not because everyone is doing the, the four-hour lectures and the multiple choices and the simulations and rinse and repeat every day. That doesn't mean that it works for you. And even us having that com- this conversation doesn't mean that your listeners are going to have the same experience as I have. But when you have so many people being successful using your methodology, then at least give it a try. Well, yes, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with all that. The daily set of 30, that solves... So many problems. I mean, yeah, I could list them all, but time management, it constantly is a, just a, an exact representation of how well you, you know all the topics you've already been through. It's re-review at the same time. It's like building on your layers of understanding. Like, yeah, the, the sets of 30 daily is just solves all kinds of problems. Becker has this personalized review where they can see a trend on your responses and certain areas that you're not doing well. So I would do like a 30 cumulative. And then if I was feeling, I don't know, up to the challenge, I would take like 15 of those like personalized tailored to me because they were only going to ask me things that they knew that I wasn't doing well on. And those are the ones that I wrote the most notes on. Yeah. I think you hit it with the whole, like, if you don't understand it, write it down, like write your own flashcards. Don't use the flashcards that, Right. These people don't know you. Like these CPA reviews, they don't know you. You know yourself better than anyone and you know how things stick. So if you think that reading flashcard that was written for by someone else on the five components of internal controls, it's the best way to go, then by all means. But if you understand risk assessment, if you understand monitoring and you're having difficulty with control activities and what that compromise, then write your own review note. Write your own um, review card. Yeah. Because there's no way to flood your brain with information that you already know, that you already grasp and you already understand. This is the way that you tailor this experience to what you know your strengths and weaknesses are, which I think just eliminates so much of the white noise in this exam. Mm -hmm. Because it is so much material, but you can identify even if you're more seasoned on your day-to-day what you're better with. Even if you're not in public accounting, let's say you work in industry 
and you work on the, I don't know, the cash disbursement cycle, and you're very familiar with it, then you can skip that. Just re-review it just to make sure that what you do every day is what theory, because there's a difference between theory and practice. But when you go and, and just follow someone else's study plan, then you're just wasting your time. Why do I want to read or highlight something that I already know? Or why do I want to have a flashcard for something that I may not know a little component of, mm-hmm. but I have all this information that's taking time. Just focus on, by doing your methodology, you just tailor the whole experience, I feel like. Right. It's You identify yourself, what you're good at and what you're bad at, and you just invest your time just going and doing that cumulative review, you know, well, I know so much about cash, so I can skip cash and just focus on the things that I need to focus on, not necessarily want to. But by doing that, you just make better use of your time. This is already a sacrifice, like I've said. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that you're sacrificing for the right, that your sacrifices and the things that you're giving up on, they're working. Like the time that you invest in this is, is an investment, not a waste. Right. Yeah, that is. That's huge. And the daily set of 30 is, among all the other things, just a daily evaluation of is what I'm doing working or not. And that is, that's huge because, you know, I've talked to, well, through email, thousands of people where this took like years with just a few of the right small tweaks. You know, it could have been done in less than a year or, yeah, you want to make sure that what you're doing is actually paying off. Yeah. That's like the worst case scenario, spending years doing this daily and nothing ever really happens. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, there's no way that you can't make this personal as much as you try. And as much as you're as a human, you can compartmentalize. If you keep investing time, time again, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, it's not working. Then it's, it's, I think it's human nature to default into thinking there's something wrong with me. Why do I see all these people? And sometimes you see CPAs or you're like, how did you get your license? <laughs> and you kind of compare it. Like, I'm just giving it my all. It's not working. And this person is a CPA. How did they do it? You know, you just have to assess your study, your study process. And it's not necessarily the materials you're using. The material, there's nothing wrong with the materials is what you do with those materials. Like the most expensive course is not necessarily the best course. And the cheapest course is not necessarily the worst course. Correct. Just what you do with those materials, you know, just again, for someone in my position where I had a family already and I had a, I was a senior at a public accounting firm, like my time is precious. Like I don't want to waste the little time I get to be me and enjoy my life with my family. I don't want to like dedicate it to studying without a return on that investment all the time. And yeah, I will go to my grave saying, this is the way, this is the way that worked for me. And it, if it worked for me, it can work for anyone. And I'm excited to see like the people that I work with, the younger people that I work with, just attempting it and just doing it. I, they've already signed up for your, our webinar. I even had like, the firm administrator the other day, they had a this wet cast with all the non-CPAs of the firm. And there was a couple of them sitting next, like, close to me, and I could hear the webinar. And I reached out to her and I was like, listen, I know that you want to sell them Becker and you want to set up a support group within the firm for these non-CPAs. And I do highly recommend you do this support group where they know people that they can go to. 
But at the same time, this really helped for me. And I think she took one of your webinars. She's not even a CPA. She's not an accountant. Mm. She's the firm administrator. You need to know that there's choices and not necessarily your choices are not bound by the study course you get, purchase or the firm provides to you. You just have to find what works. And if what you're doing right now, is not working, give this a try. Yeah. Give it a try for a couple of weeks, if anything, and just do the cumulative review to see if it's working. And know that sometimes you do feel like you're not doing enough, but God, it works. <laughs> it works. You know, like your first few years, we're kind of, you know, floundering, which is a very common story. But once things started to click, you know, you mentioned that it was then motivating. Yeah. And I think momentum is such a big thing. It's like, if you have a concrete thing as part of your study process, which again, the, the daily set of 30 kind of does that. It's just no matter how my study session goes, if I feel like I learned the lesson or not, I at least have this set of 30 and it's just a concrete thing that you can compare to the previous day. And like you said, you wrote up, you tracked that in a spreadsheet and just a form of momentum. When it starts to work, the study process, it's not fun. But Bearable. it's almost something you can look forward to in a way because you know you're just moving towards finally passing. Yeah. Whereas if every day feels like hopeless, I mean, obviously it's hard to stay motivated. Yeah. And in my case, you talk about this momentum, with, which I 100% agree with. In my case, I took audit in October, BC in January, reg in February, and I didn't sit till September for far. I identified this work. And even months had passed, this pandemic, everything that was going on in 2020, a pandemic, non-pandemic, politics, non-politics, everything. It was so easy for me to just start again because I knew that I knew that it worked. And it mm -hmm. might not be a momentum in terms of physics where like you're just doing it, bam, 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 bam. You identified it and it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to start next Monday. I'm going to do the, like I said, the first thing that I did was just how many multiple choices per section. Okay, how many can I fit in in a one hour, 30 minute session, knowing that I was taking notes at the time? Well, I came out with around 60 new multiple choices every day. So I did that. And that was my plan. That was it. It was not Becker's plan. It was not Roger's plan. It was not anyone's plan but mine. And you might decide to do it back to back. But if you take a break, this is an easy thing to just go back to because it's your experience and you tailored it to your weaknesses and your your strengths. I'm going to be forever grateful to you because <laughs> you just opened my eyes and I think I made clear during this interview the impact that the CPA exam prior to passing or prior to studying really had on my mental health. That's something that is thing of the past. Yeah. And it was all because I got that one ad from you on YouTube. It's crazy. That is funny. But yes, interview after interview, that that's people's usually first thing they come across. Think uh, Google ads algorithm, apparently. Yeah, they know what they're doing. We put in keywords and say, show it to these people. And yeah. I don't know what keyword you got for me, but it did work. I mean, first I was like super fascinated. This is, uh, this sounds like so snake oil. Like how can you pass the CPA <laughs> exam in three months? That's crazy. It takes, I've seen every, like, it takes people more than the 18 months. You, I've heard of so many people that lose parts left and right. Mm -hmm. And you can get it done in three months. Like what? You said, I mean, you don't recommend it. You passed 
far and then two days later you took far and audit within the same week or two i think it was four days between far and audit yeah that's crazy so that was to me that was like what no way <laughs> and i was originally skeptical about it but right. you know i downloaded you have the the flow chart what to do and i downloaded it and i put it on my um, wall behind my desk and I wrote down things that motivated me and, you know, providing for my family was the first one, just spending time with my family and just showing the people that told me that I couldn't. Yeah. And those were my motivations and that kept me waking up every morning and just doing it. That's cool. Well, I am glad that it could help that much. And yeah, I love hearing these stories. Doing this podcast has been crazy because, you know, I looked back and I never gotten an email from you. And that's usually the case. Like the people that just buy our package, like use it and pass, typically just don't hear from them. You know, they just use it, figure it out, pass. And then obviously they don't think about it again. But yeah, there's just so many cool stories that I've heard by doing these actual interviews with people. And uh, yours is right up there. It's an awesome story. (laughs) Thank you. I read your... I was completely nervous before reaching out to you and just doing this even booking the appointment gave me a little anxiety i mean this would be my first ever podcast appearance and probably the only one um (laughs) but when it comes to this particular subject since i struggled so much so much i just feel like you don't have to make the same mistakes that i did again and i've said this a million times you don't have to put this exam on a pedestal you just have to do it and find a way. And I just spread the word. That's all I can do. Like, you need to get this a try. And I get those emails that you sent and I'm reading them and I'm like, you know what? If there's one person out there that can benefit from hearing my story, then I, I can be happy about it because you should really spread the word for something that helped you so much. It shouldn't be a secret. It sh- everyone should know that this is an option. Yeah. And you shouldn't tie yourself to like the four, the big four um, review courses or however there are out there. Like I said, the most expensive doesn't mean that's the one that's going to guarantee you pass. The cheapest is not the one that it's not a guaranteed fail. You just have to find your way. And I found my way with your methodology, extremely grateful. And I will forever tell anyone that I work with that is thinking, not even struggling, just thinking about taking the exam, give this a try. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you, really. Yeah, that's good to hear. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thank you. And, and again, like I've said a lot of times during this call, thank you so much for just putting this out there and just basically changing my life. Because if it wasn't for that ad, I wouldn't, I, I guarantee you, I wouldn't be a CPA today. Yeah, that's a lot to take credit for, but. <laughs> Yes, I'm just, I'm so glad it could help you. (laughs) Thank you, Nate. Have a good day. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Coral. And I think you'd have to agree that's such a good story. And, you know, whether you use her story for motivation for yourself or you actually apply some of the ideas and strategies and insights that she gave on the interview, Overall, this is just a very, very helpful episode for anyone who is also working on their CPA exams currently. So if you found this episode helpful, please take a second and share it with someone else that you know is working on their CPA exams. 
And then if you have time, it would be great if you could look up the podcast in the podcast app where you listen to it, leave a rating and review that would really help the podcast. I maintain that it's the best free resource available anywhere for anyone working on their CPA exams. And again, if you want to make sure that your study process is dialed in, like I keep describing, that you are making sure that the things that you spend time on help ensure that you're going to truly understand what you're studying and retain it until test day, the best place to start is with one of our free training sessions. Because just like every other episode, that is where all these successful CPA candidates that were our customers, that's where they started. So the free training will walk you through the perfect two-hour study session, exactly what it should contain to make sure that you're not only moving through new material, but that you're also actually understanding it and retaining it along the way until you get to test day. So again, the place to sign up for that, one of these free one-hour sessions, is to go to our main site at superfastcpa.com. It's the main thing at the top of the homepage. Or you can just text the word PASSNOW, one word, text that to the number 44222, and we'll send you a link back to the training. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.